The following is brought to you in part by MFC Studios. The views of the show's host and guests do not necessarily reflect those of the management, owners, or staff of this radio station. And now, it came from the radio. And welcome once again to a came from the radio, the official of Big Apple Con. This is your host, Mark Torres, speaking with me via virtual distancing. We have none other than senior correspondent Charlie Saladino. Hello there. We have none other than fishy sarcasms. Sarcasms, right? Sar- yeah, sarcasm. Okay, not sarcasms. New. No. Okay, fishy sarcasm belonging to Dominic Definition Man Serrano. Yo to pay, everyone. Yo to pay. And we have none other than L Man Jenny Felder. Yo, yo, what's good? <laughs> On this week's show, we have another Jay Bird and Lee segment. And me, Mark, interviews a Malvern Comic Fest organizer, Christian Montalvo. And also me, Mark, interviews comic creator, Serena Sanchez. But before we do any of that, let's take it away with the news. It's Morphin Time! Brought to you in part by the fine folks of sci-fi.radio. That's sci-fi for your Wi-Fi. As well as the fine folks of the Big Apple Con, which we are the official radio show of celebrating over 26 years of comicness and pop culture stuff. For more information, go to www.bigapplecc.com. Their next convention is scheduled all the way in December for the Big Apple Christmas Con. No guests are announced as of yet. Also want to give out shout-outs for our Patreons, of which there are. Danny Grillo, award-winning director Jared Burrell, Kyle Horn, Millie Portez, Newsday, Famous Reza Media, Wunjikun, Shadow Rabbit Art, The Huracan, Yasmin Ray, and Rosa. You want to get your own little shout-out? Go to our website, www.camefromradio.com. The little button on there takes you right to our Patreon page just for a dollar a month. You can uh, get a shout-out on our show. All right, so let's see. Um, but, oh, all right, so normally we start off with the sad news. But this mm-hmm. week we don't have any sad news, but we have sad adjacent no news. So sad wow. adjacent news from the he's not dead yet department. <laughs> wow. That, that's not funny. It, it, it's, it's not particularly funny to me, but I have a friend who sometimes when I ask him, how you doing? And he he'll he was in the military. He respond, I ain't dead yet. I'm like, okay, I don't know how to take that. That's or, good. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's good, but it's like, you know. Not great. <laughs> okay, well, that's why... Better it's, than dead, but... That's you why know. it's sad adjacent news. All right, yeah. so none other than former WWE legend Virgil has announced that in addition to dealing with two strokes, as well as an early, save of, early stage of dementia, he is now also fighting stage two colon cancer. Virgil wow. says, <clears throat> since Mania weekend, of all weekends, I realized I was not feeling so great. Something wasn't right. My head, my arm, and my heart. When I came back from Dallas, I ended up going to the doctor, and they discovered a whole bunch of issues. For starters, without me knowing, over the past few months, the doctor had identified that I had suffered two massive strokes, like I didn't even have a clue until I started not working one of my arms. It's basically not being able to do anything. This was decent news. 
The worst news is that I have been told that I am fighting with an early stage of dementia. Uh, the years of taking the big main event bump every night that no one else wanted to take has started to affect me. I have MRI and other procedures. I have spent close to $5,721 on these. The next two comes close to $3,400. I would be more than happy to sign anything, do a cameo video, and much more. I will sell autographs, video shoutouts, and you can even download my $2 video game. It means everything. I ask that you listen to all this. Oh, I am hooey. I'm asking you to send this out to all of your friends, families, or anyone who has thought they loved wrestling. It all helps. I ain't looking for sympathy. I am looking for the love that I have poured into the business, hopefully carrying me through this but. time. I did my time. I took my lumps. I am now trying to survive. I received no help from WWD. Who, based on all the chair shots, blows, caused some of this? To those who have helped me, I am truly thankful and blessed. Um, to make matters worse, I now have stage two colon cancer. I'm nervous, I'm scared, and God knows I can't afford to get through this, even and to make a living. It's really sad, and all I want to do is have fun and what I always want to do, survive. This is not a gimmick, this is not a stunt, this is real, and it's hard to have to ask for help. Uh, thank you, all of you. Michael, Virgil, Soul Train, Jones. Um, I took a look. Uh, the, the video game is a little game called Meat Sauce Madness. It's for $2. Um, have you, are you guys familiar with, uh, WWE's, uh, wrestling superstar Virgil? I remember oh. him. Not big time, but I remember him. <clears throat> no. So, um, there was, Does uh, it have anything to do with the model arrogance? Remember the arrogance commercial? Actually, no, I have no idea what you're talking okay, about. I watched that five times yesterday. So if it has anything uh, to do with that, then yeah. Okay. Um, there was a character called the million dollar man, Ted DiBiase. And he had his bodyguard, quote unquote, bodyguard called Virgil, and that was his his highest claim to fame in the in the program. Um, I remember him uh, because I actually met him through a weird circumstance in a Philadelphia 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 convention. I was walking with my nephew, and we were walking down the hall, you know, down the the aisles, and we heard, Psst, "Hey kid, hey kid!" And my nephew was, I think he was like twelve or something, twelve thirteen, and he goes over to him. <laughs> Like, I guess I got to go over to him now. And I've seen Virgil plenty of times. I just was not that big of a uh, Virgil fan or a WWE fan. And I go over there and he goes, hey, kid, you know, I'll sign this, you know, blah, blah. And he gets his sales pitch. And my nephew looks at me and I'm like, do you want something? And he goes, yeah, I'll take an autograph. So I was like, all right. So, you know, I pay for the autograph. You know, he signs it, whatever. And he, you know, we walk away and my nephew turns to me and he says, who was that? <laughs> And I said, why? You don't know who that was? And he's like, no. And I said, then why did you ask for it? Why did you get an autograph? He says, I felt so bad for him. Oh, my God. This is Virgil? This is Virgil. This is my nephew uh, with Virgil. Really bad for Virgil. Oh, my like, God. Oh, my God. Well, it comes full circle. I mean, hey, that autograph will be worth more, um, <laughs> you know, if, eh, you know, never mind. I'm not going to go there. So... I, I say, um, you know, when I met him, he was a real nice guy. I just thought the interaction was hilarious. And that's my Virgil story. And so, you know, $2 helps a guy out. And you get a video game for you guys out there who are fans of this type of thing. Mm. Meat Sauce Madness. Just look it up. Meat Sauce Madness. And you can help him out. Well, you know what? If you don't ask, the answer is always no. I almost never ask for anything. So, therefore, I'd be a lot further in my career, perhaps, if I did. So, kudos to Virgil for being brave enough uh, and having the nerve to ask. Yeah, and then you know it's it's I think it's kind of cool that um 
he's he's not asking for charity. He's like, you know, I'll sign stuff, I'll do stuff. He's right. he's willing to 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 give back for the cause. So I think that's really right. Cool. Right. All right. So that's it for the uh, Santa Jason news. Wait, I just Wait. have to say one thing. <laughs> I know it. And, go ahead. And, go ahead. And Dominic would appreciate this line. Of course, Mark. You have a nephew. Never mind. <laughs> I was thinking the same thing. <sighs> uh, I, I didn't know where you were going for that. I did not go know where you were going for that. I thought Mom, you did, but you, 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 you skirt. You, you, you did. You did a quick every turn. once in a while, yeah. Mark. You throw in these little personal tidbits about yourself that you never speak of in normal, uh, normal conversation. Okay, and you know, Charlie, I believe you have met met my nephew. But moving on. I, yes, I met. <laughs> I know I met your. Uh, from the from the you fellas have a lot of growing up to do I'll tell you that ridiculous completely ridiculous can you believe these characters way out of line way out of line have a good mind to go to the warden about this you know what hurts the most is the the lack of respect you know that's what hurts the most except for the except for the other thing that hurts the most but the lack of respect Hurts the second most. Department. None other than Netflix has announced that they are producing one final stand-up special with the late Norm Macdonald, who died of September of last year. According to Laurie Joe Hoekstra, which is Norm's longtime production partner, he was working on new material for a special, but had, the, but had a procedure scheduled for summer of 2020. What's uh, that Laurie, sound? I think somebody's uh, alarm is going off. <laughs> Is is that you, Charlie? Senior correspondent Charlie Saladino? Um, Not me. Hold, hold on, I'm looking at across. <laughs> wait a minute, I'm looking at across the room at my phone in the charger, and someone is calling me. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Lori says his test wow. results were not good. Uh, so during the heart of the COVID-19 pandemic and literally the night before going into a procedure, he wanted to get this on tape just in case, as he put it, things went south. It was his intention to have a special to share if something happened. As it turned out, Norm made it through the medical procedure just fine, and the footage was literally tossed into a closet. He ended up getting sicker last August and September, and then he remembered he had shot this and asked me to find it so he could watch it. He ended up watching it before he passed away. It makes him so happy that I can share it, but also so sad that we can't share it with him. He didn't do this for the shock that it exists. He shot it because he loved his material and was so proud of his material that he worked so hard on, and it really would have bothered him to have done all that work and not been able to show everybody. He did it for the stand-up. I just hope people appreciate that he did this. Uh, The special, which was filmed in Norm's living room, all in one take, where air... Uh, along with clips of Adam Sandler, Conan Bryan, David Chappelle, David Letterman, David Spade, Molly Shannon, and others discussing Norm and his legacy on May 30th. Now, as I mentioned many times, I'm a huge Norm MacDonald fan. And um, during the pandemic, on YouTube, he was doing um, his, his quote-unquote show where he used to call his famous friends on his phone in his living room and just talk nonsense to them. And the people who he was calling didn't even know that he was calling them. So he talked to Roseanne. He's like, what are you doing? And he talked to uh, Bob Saget, I believe, the late Bob Saget. So it was very weird just to see Norm in his element at home just talking to his friends, and he recorded it. So I can only imagine what this stand-up special is going to be like. I can't wait. 
Okay. <laughs> well, you normally throw it to someone, Mark. Well, Jen jumped in there, so I was waiting for someone else to jump in there. So, Dominic, what are your thoughts on uh, Norm McDonald's uh, post-death uh, uh, special? Yeah, I had heard that he had he had done this, and he recorded an entire special in his living room. Um, I'm really curious to see how Netflix takes this and produces something out of it. Well, in in my imagine, in my imagination, you're just gonna, you know, they're gonna speculate with clips of all the other people talking about him because they had this big comedy fest where they talked about Norm, and then they're just gonna play it as is, one hour straight. No, I mean, what are they gonna edit out? They can't do different cuts. It's just gonna be one long shot of him talking uh, Norm stuff. Pretty much, yeah. There's no like different angles or anything like that. So, which makes it more of a Norm special than anything else. It's 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 different angles. What was that, Jen? He could have set different cameras set up. No, according to to the the pub, uh, no. the, the longtime producer friend, he set oh, the cameras. Camera? He just set the he set his cell phone. Oh, just and, one camera. Okay. Yeah, and did the hour set one take in front of the cell phone. Because I'm recording a show in my living room. We got different cameras set up, so oh. you never know. All right. Well, maybe, maybe. Yeah, what do you got? Be. What do you got there? Yeah. Cars on Charlie Saladino. Well, do you think they could possibly? Take that footage and um, cut it up like uh, a mess just to put like little inserts in to make it more, you know, entertaining. Oh, I see what you, you know? mean. Yeah, like like see an overlay, like, an overlay. When, of right, when he talks. Yeah. So I'm, I'm thinking that because um, I don't know. I'm well, just thinking. You used to be in the, in the graphics department, right? That was. Yes. Yeah. So yes, look at that. Look at you being. So if so, look at this. If Netflix doesn't do that, now uh-huh. you have a job with them. So you can you be like, hey, you've done this. Give me a job yeah. at Netflix. Although, yeah, they're not doing so well right now. Yeah, maybe don't take a job yeah. at Netflix. What I'm no, curious, no, I'm, I'm good. When you I'm good. watch a, when you watch a stand-up special, you know, there's usually an audience, so you get the you know the people laughing, and you know, I want to know, are they going to put a laugh track to it? Like, how? What are they going to do with that? Because huh. there clearly was no one in his in his living room. <laughs> No audience. That's true. Maybe ghosts. Wouldn't it be funny if if Norm had one of those little laugh tracks and he pressed it every time he finished? That would be that would that would be so norm. I I would be norm doing that. Yes, that's why I'm saying that. It would be hysterical. But but he would probably press it at the innermost inappropriate and wrong times. Mm, (laughs) Which is the right time. The wrong time is exactly. So moving on from Please. from the that's a lot of nuts department. The new Doctor Strange film has held on to the number one spot in the domestic box office, pulling in an additional sixty one million dollars in ticket sales and in its second week release. For those of you keeping track, the new Batman film is still the highest grossing film of twenty twenty two this year, with three hundred sixty nine million dollars, followed by the aforementioned Doctor Strange at two hundred and ninety two million dollars. We were talking about this during our live show how. It might beat Batman, and everybody's like, "Yeah, it probably will be." Second week, it's number two of the highest grossing films right now. Definitely going to be Batman. Pro- yeah, it's not shocking. Have you managed? Has any of the peanut gallery managed to see Doctor Strange yet? No, mm, no. I we want know, to. We got to know. But uh, I, I am the closest. My nephew went to see it. <laughs> <laughs> you have a nephew. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Good one, Mark. I like it. I like it. Well yeah. played, sir. Well, back. well so, done, mo- sir. Now moving on from the 
NFT, that's for me. Follow-up department. <laughs> As mentioned during a previous show, none other than Rob Liefeld has teamed up with the Markers Place to create some NFTs, one of which a group shot of his original characters, The Defiant, has just sold for $7,539.10. Executives say, in a new first for NFTs, comic legend Rob Liefeld debuts an all-new original set of characters, The Defiance, a disparate collection of warriors united in defense of humanity. The winner of the auction will receive access to three exclusive bonuses, a signed copy of Deadpool's 30th anniversary, uh, Nerdy 30, as they call it, a signed copy of Venom Pool, limited edition, and the opportunity to schedule a one-on-one Zoom call with Rob Liefeld himself. Now, this leads me to think that I don't think it was just the NFT that's making this all so important. It's all the extra bells and whistles that people are including with it to make people think the NFTs are worth something. That's a really good point. Mm, yeah. Because yeah. Yeah, if you remember when we talked about um, Snoop Dogg and his NFT and stuff, it had like unreleased tracks and, and a whole bunch of extra stuff in addition to that, but people don't never, people never mention all that extra stuff. So right. I'm wondering that if someone would have paid $7,000 to have a one-on-one conversation with Rob Liefeld. I wouldn't know. No. Well, let's, let's, let's think. Uh, uh, you, you have an unlimited time to talk to, if you're a huge Rob Liefeld fan. Well, yeah, if you're a huge Liefeld fan, then it'd be worth it. I'm not, you know, right. my but big I'm question saying, is like, out of me. <laughs> so let's 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 throw out. I'd be, like, uh, be like Rob. So, did you ever study anatomy? <laughs> Do you know how anatomy works? I'd be like Rob. Who are you? Yeah. She, yeah. <laughs> so I know I know I know uh, Elman Jenny Kelly's a fan of Mike Tyson. So if Mike Tyson did a quote unquote NFT that had a whole bunch of other stuff with it, including yeah. a one on one, let's say let's say half hour conversation with him. Is that yeah. something you find would be valuable? Would you pay for the NFT, which includes all that other stuff? Um, I guess it depends what my thoughts on NFT are at the time, but I will never pay for a conversation. And I even feel bad charging for a conversation with me. It's like, may as well pay for a prostitute. No, thanks. Hey, don't, don't, <laughs> knock, don't knock the Patreons. <laughs> Sorry. Wow, that's just... Wow. That's, that 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 you just reduced your uh, what was it, yeah 14, yeah well it's the, truth. it's the truth sorry so, all right the, the views of L man like a physical labor but like a conversation I don't get it she needs to now be the ten thousand dollar thing and I am now the fifteen thousand sounds good <laughs> I'm with it I, I'm just... oh, that's all I'm saying my friend I'm on board. You know, hey, she's on board. You know what? I'm, I'm throwing me overboard. Okay, I'm, I'm gonna. I'm gonna... <laughs> when you did threw you me. actually you threw me. You threw me. use control, lose Ooh. control of the show, Mark? Mark so... never had control. Okay, of show. <laughs> you, you threw me for such a curve. There's like eight thousand things I want to <laughs> say, and I'm like, yeah. if I say any of them, it's just gonna spiral down. Make so... it worse. Just, yeah, it's gonna make. Well, it worse. That's, all, that's why all my five minute interviews are eleven minutes. You'll see. <laughs> So, what about you, there, senior correspondent Charlie Saladino? If someone said, "Hey, you know, get an NFT, and then you can have um, a conversation with uh, Paul McCartney," I know you're a huge Beatles fan. Would that be something that you would be like, "Yeah, I'll buy an NFT just to have the conversation with Paul"? No. 
my man. I mean, really, what you're doing is buying time to have the conversation, and you're right. getting the NFT as a goodie bag. I think so, too. That's really what you're paying for. Well, you're not, for, you're not getting a free conversation. You're getting a free NFT. Right. Mm-hmm. That's, that's, that's my thought process was. Whew, All right. You're getting a free JPEG file. <laughs> that, you, that you own. It's your JPEG file that apparently no one else wants because you have to pay <laughs> for something so, so extravagant. Uh, mm-hmm. right. Would you, would you ahead, like go. to know why I said no? Yeah. Why? Because I already had a conversation with Paul McCartney. So <laughs> I'm, really? I'm good. Yes, I have. Was it a good conversation? Yeah, well, it was a pretty much it was a um information conversation, which was like Information. He informed I me said, of my legal rights <laughs> of NFT. Yeah. I said to him, "Hey, I'm I'm a big fan. Uh, would you mind if I take a picture?" He said, "Me and my family are a little late for the play, but we're coming out this way. If you want to wait for a couple hours, I'll definitely give you a picture." Then I said, "That'll be cool." And he says, "All right." Two hours later, he came out. I took a picture of him. My conversation with Paul McCartney. Wow. Now, did you take a picture of him or with him? No, of him. Are you kidding? You couldn't get near him. Okay. There, there was, uh, there was um, New York uh, NYPD all around him, but it was close enough like I was right in front of him and uh, took the shot. All right. So now the question is, with, yeah. with less than five minutes ago, how did you manage to talk to him the first time? Well, yes. because he called me, he needed a drum track on one of his. Uh, no, I. Um, <laughs> we read uh, years ago. There was an, a guy by the name of Earl Wilson, and he was uh, a big uh, like um, gossip thing, or, or you know, like he knew what was going on in the city. Okay. And uh, Paul McCartney invested in in the original Annie, and the play was uh, on Broadway. And um, we just read in Earl Wilson's column one day that uh, he is, uh, you know, it, word is that Paul McCartney will make uh, an appearance with his family at the uh, to go see Annie. Uh, what he's in. so we took a shot and. Uh, we went to the theater and uh, we stood there and sure enough, a cab pulled up in front of me. I opened the door cause it was right by me <laughs> and Sir Paul McCartney got out with his family. Now see that's Sir a picture. Paul took a cab. That's a picture. You should have told your friend to take a picture of you opening the cab door. <laughs> oh, who knew? I just was being nice because we thought he wasn't going to show up cause all the limos came and went. <laughs> that's why he was in a and cab. He was smart. And He's we, like, that, that's, yeah. Yeah. Right. So this cab pulled up. So the door opened a little. So I just opened it. And out comes Paul McCartney. Wow. And I says, oh, my God, Miss. M-. I says, I'm a big fan. He says, oh, oh good. Uh, just, you know, I got more kids with me. So I said, no, 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 I'm not a crazy fan. <laughs> I said, so he says, oh, and that's. When <laughs> because I that's, that's what the- that's what the crazy fan would say. I'm a crazy fan. But no. I'm not a crazy fan. All right. I am not uh, a crazy fan. But anyway. Right. So, so for the last bit of news, uh, moving on. Wow. From the, how do we capitalize on the new Jurassic Park sequel department? 
As many of you know, a new Jurassic Park film is coming out this summer. So in anticipation of that, none other than DC Comics has released Jurassic League, which is essentially a six-issue miniseries about the Justice League if they were dinosaurs. Complete with Bat Walker, a brave Tyrannosaurus that has donned the mantle of the bat, Haunting a predator that seems to be killing for sport on the outskirts of Grautham City, following a series of clues until he finds a maniacal Jokerzard. Um, also, oh Super Sore, whose egg crashes in a village of cave people, and Wonder Don, who enters a man's world by flying a pterosaur away from Trimescura. <laughs> It's a man's world. <laughs> wow. Huh. I, I thought that was cool, but this isn't going to be the movie, though. This is no. Just- this is this is this is just a con. I don't oh, think. awesome. I don't think they would pay that much <laughs> to do a Jurassic Park DC superhero uh, combination. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Wow. It sounds so creative. So Jen thinks it's creative. Wow. <laughs> I think it's great. Senior correspondent Charles, Charlie Saladino. What do you think? I think it's inventive. Oh, all right. <laughs> well, you know, Dominic. I mean, they're, they're playing off of some some other theme, so I think it's inventive. All Can't right. be create, creative because they got the stuff that they're uh, they're working from. All right, uh, Dominic. All right, so <laughs> I don't. Let's hear it. You got you got a minute or less. <laughs> I'm looking at it. I'm looking at the pictures. I'm seeing it. You know what it is? This this idea would be fantastic if they were just prints being sold uh-huh. at a DC booth. Uh-huh. As a comic book, I don't know. The art is interesting that if it was a print, I could see a lot of people wanting to buy it. They got a great um, picture of like this bat Tyrannosaurus Rex thing going on. Like It, it, it makes... Whoever the artist is probably did a lot of prints because they make really okay. great prints. That's I would say they did a lot of edibles, but <laughs> uh, yeah, like every shot looks like it's supposed to be a print, not actually a like cons- a consecutive. They, they art. should take they should take the characters from the DC version and make a macaroni and cheese thing with it. <laughs> yeah, it's... so yeah. <laughs> rather know. than a rather than a comic book. Like Wait. I'm reading it. I'm, see- I'm Wait, reading almost out of time. Monologue. Yeah, 30 seconds. Go. Oh, this is a terrible <laughs> idea. <laughs> so, <laughs> what, you wouldn't buy Jurassic and cheese? <laughs> <laughs> uh, so we're less than 30 seconds to go. Um, I want to throw this out there. If people thought Sharknado was a good idea, why not? That's what I got to say. Um, <laughs> Saldi, final thoughts for the new segment? Final thoughts. I think it's a great idea. The more creative, the more outlandish, the better. Keep it up. Keep up the great work, guys. Senior correspondent, Charles Saladino. I think it'll work as a macaroni and cheese thing. Dominic, definition, man, Sprano. Five seconds left. Take it away. I've seen worse. (laughs) With that, we're going to take our break and we'll be right back with the game from the radio. Hi, you've heard my voice open and close the show. Now we want to hear your voice. If you have a business or product, you can record a commercial here. We offer 30 and 60 second spots. For more information, contact Mark at MFC underscore studios at hotmail.com. 
neural net processor is linked to sci-fi.radio, the sci-fi for my Wi-Fi. The more I listen, the more I learn. Now, back to our show. And welcome back to A Came From Radio, the official show of the Big Apple Con. This is your host, Mark Torres, speaking with me via social distancing. Of course, we have none other than Black Rhapsody uh, creator, Serena Sanchez. Say hi, Serena. Hello. So, Serena, what is the Black Rhapsody? Let's just start right off from that. Oh, uh, yeah. Black Rhapsody is my upcoming project. It is a 35-page plus manga S horror cult thriller comic about musical magical girls in an uphill fight against a Lovecraftian pop star and her evil music empire. So it, to me, it sounds kind of like a mixture of Sailor Moon and Gem and the Holograms. Um, is that where you got your inspiration from? Yes, that and Madoka Magica and Berserk. Ah, okay. So when is this your first project you're doing? Yes, this is my first project. So let's let's start back to when you decided to make this project. Were you uh, as a young a young Serena sitting in the backyard thinking like I'm going to make a comic? Or was this something that happened recently during the pandemic? Um, it happened during my last few years of college, where I started um, writing down ideas for Black Rhapsody. When I discovered other comic creators crowdfunding their projects and being successful. So is this going to be a, um, a beginning, middle, end full uh, story, or is this going to be issue by issue by issue uh, released? Um, issue by issue, but I do have an ending in mind. It's going to be like an ongoing story. Okay. Um, so if you have an ending in mind, this is something I had uh, we had a discussion about on the show not too long ago. Um, if you get some traction with the project and you keep it ongoing and the fans – start to give you feedback as they tend to do because this is the digital age do you see yourself sticking to your guns and sticking to the ending or do you find yourself being able to uh, change with what the audience is responding to um a little bold me i see myself sticking to the ending i'll incorporate some feedback if it's if it's justifiable or it's just a complaint (laughs) okay fair enough um, so since this is, uh, have you ever been to conventions yet with your project? Um, not yet, but I do plan to do conventions once I have printed copies. So when you're with the project, um, usually with a Kickstarter, is Kickstarter or Indiegogo? Indiegogo. So usually with a Kickstarter, um, uh, Indiegogo projects as well as Kickstarter, um, usually they give like uh, bonuses and, and, and tiers and all this kind of fun, fancy stuff that just goes along with the book. So what kind of wild and crazy things have you come up with to entice uh, our listeners to come and buy your book? Um, I have a digital and physical copies. I know that some, there are some international, uh, uh, international people who are interested in my story, but due to how crazy shipping is currently, I also offer um, a digital PDF for them if they still want to check out the book. I'm also offering pinups, pinup prints, as well as posters of the cover art, which is a really nice cover art of the main character in both her civilian and magical girl form. I plan to also offer an all-in-one package with an acrylic standee of the main character included. Oh. I also have a tier to, uh, limited to two slots of draw, a drawn-in tier. So you have yourself be a cameo in a book. 
Now, will that person get killed, or is that a spoiler? Uh, a spoiler. It could be <laughs> one. So when you decided to come up with this idea when you were in college, and you said, all right, this is the time to do it because people are doing so well on um, uh, crowdfunding campaigns. Did you ever think that this is something that you wanted to do when you were a very young uh, creator? Um, no, originally, I was a very young creator. I did want to go into comic, but I didn't think I could because of how difficult it was to get into certain comic book publishers, like Picture Story. And I, I know that certain comic books be very like particular about what they want. So a part of me kind of gave up on that idea originally. And it wasn't until I started seeing like comic projects on crowdfunding campaigns such as Migogo and um Kickstarter where my hope kind of starts to become restored. Maybe I don't need to rely on these big companies like DC, Marvel, Image dark horse to get my book out there well that is one thing we like to celebrate is the independent creator because there is so much creativity out there and sometimes people need that um that that outlet to be able to share their story with other people so is this um do you write it draw it and ink it color it everything yourself or is this uh you're just a writer i'm just a writer the artist is by a woman named Jan Apple. She's the colorist and the inker, as well as the letterer of the book. And how did you go out and find uh, this person? I found her through ArtStation, then connected with her through email. When you, so when you did the, the original story and you met her online, did the artwork exceed or meet your expectations of what you envisioned your world to look like? It exceeded my expectations. She was able to get the details of the script of the script down. And how difficult is it to find somebody who can do that as an independent creator? Was it the first person you met or was it like the 99,852nd person you met online? Uh, more the latter. I was <laughs> I, I'm not going to lie, I went through a bunch of artists who um, were either busy, wasn't interested in my project, and wanted to do their own thing, or were just very expensive, despite having their good art. We always have the, the rule of uh, finding a uh, talent. You, there's three options. There's good, there's fast, and there's cheap, but you can only have two of the three. Do you find that an accurate depiction of what you went through? Yeah. All right. So let's see. Um, do you? It's oh, social media time. So where can people find out more about the book? And when is the actual campaign uh, start to end? Um, people can find out more about Black Rhapsody on my Twitter page at Magic Allen Media. The campaign launches April April twenty nine, so it's coming up very soon. I plan to have it end somewhere either in, depending on if I get funded. I believe June. That's if I do another thirty-day extension on the Indiegogo campaign. Okay, and what about social media? Like, where can people find out more about you and, and your work, and like yeah, Twitter, Instagram, all that kind of fun stuff? And what's, what's the website? I I don't technically have a website at the moment, but I do have a Twitter account. It's at Magic Gal Media. 
is where I post updates concerning my projects to my followers and show them doing okay. the Rhapsody. So what is the draw of the magic world? Do you, uh, do you see magic in the world as you uh, live through it? Or is that just something that just fascinated you as a creator? Uh, magic just fascinates as a concept, fascinates me as a creator. I've always been into the fantasy genre. So when you decide to um, make your story about magic, was it something that you said, I can take what I see out there and I can make it better? Or did you decide, I just love magic and I just want to put my story out there? Yeah, I, it was more the latter. I just love magic. I wanted to put my story out there. Plus, I'm a huge fan of mythology. And Black Rhapsody has a lot of elements to mythology. Usually when a person creates an entire world, there is so much left on, as they call it, the floor. That's never seen or published, but there's always the tons of backstory. How much uh, work and effort did you put into this that is not seen in the page? Um, I put a lot of work and effort to kind of have, to kind of like match certain mythological figures to a specific music genre. And, and other than like hip hop and pop and electronic, I wasn't too familiar with other genres. I didn't even know that goth music was, was a thing i always thought pop was a fashion statement <laughs> so, so yeah i had to do a lot of research into not only like the golf subculture but also into like what god i wanted to embody a specific genre of golf music so if you had a magical ability of your own what would that be what would your magic power be oh my god that's a lot of question um the ability to create things out of the ether. Mm. I could just create something and it'll be in my hand like in seconds. So any specific item you want to create, like a, like a, like a, a ham sandwich? Or do you want to create like a building or, or life or energy? What, what kind of creation do you, would you love to make? Besides your book, of course. Oh, to create a house. A spacious, big house. All right. Fair enough. Fair enough. So we're almost out of time. So do you have any final thoughts? Um, if you like dark, magical girl stories that takes the darkness of Poella Magi Madoka Magica and combines it with the ultra violence of Berserk, check out Black Rhapsody on Indiegogo launching April 29th. So my final thought is this. Uh, Serena, thank you for being a guest on the show. You're a really nice person. And I wish you much uh, success with your book. And um, I invite you to come back when you have the next issue ready to go for your next uh, campaign. So thank you very much. Mm -hmm. And with that, we're going to take our break and we'll be right back for Came from the Radio. The Comic Book Depot has been in business since 1993. Your one-stop comic book shop for comics, gaming, and collectibles. The Comic Book Depot club membership is $15 and gets you 15% off new comics, back issues, graphic novels, and 10% off comic book supplies. Located at 2847 Jerusalem Avenue in Wontaw, New York. Contact us on Facebook for curbside pickup because new comics are back. For more information, give Alan a call at 516-221-9337. The Comic Book Depot. Now, back to our show. Hey, this is Jay Bird and Lee, and I've got a special guest today. His name is Riley. Hello. What's happening, Riley? Nothing. We're going to talk about the Royal Rumble in Wrestle 
WrestleMania in 1992. Well, I don't think it was a WrestleMania. I think it was just a Royal Rumble f- for the Heavyweight Championship, 1992. Yeah. yeah. We just watched it on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Right? So what you, would you like about it? I like that. It had The Undertaker, Sergeant Slaughter, and Hulk Hogan in it. Yeah, those guys were great, right? Also, the British Bulldog. Yeah, the British Bulldog. You like them? Yeah, he's pretty good. And what about Ric Flair? I didn't like him. You don't like Ric Flair? No. Really? I didn't want him to win. You didn't want him to win? He was in from the whole entire thing, right? 30 yeah. men in, you got to get thrown over the rope. Yeah, to win. What number was he anyway? Do you remember when he got into the ring? He was like first or second. No, yeah, one of those. He might have been like second or third, right? Yeah. And he stayed all the way to the end, right? Yep. And he won the heavyweight championship. Yeah. You know, with a little help from Hulk Hogan, I think. Yeah. But did you know like a lot of those guys that were in there? You knew Undertaker, Sergeant Slaughter, Hulk Hogan. Um... Did you know like Million Dollar Man? Or I heard of the Six Million Dollar Man. Yeah, that's a TV show. Sorry, oh. buddy. But you know, this all kind of sparked from when we went to uh, the wrestling. Uh, we saw a match on the road to WrestleMania for a next for this year for 2022. Yeah. And Ric Flair's daughter was in it, right? In the yeah. matches. Yeah. I couldn't believe how many belts there were. Belts? Oh yeah, because they're doing tag team matches. And then regular matches and stuff. Yeah, but they all had all these different belts. I haven't seen wrestling in ages. Who was your favorite new wrestler? New wrestler? Wasn't there a guy who was like, acknowledge me or oh, something? Oh, that was Roman Reigns, but I don't really like him. You don't like him? Nah, I only like the old wrestlers back what? in the 1980s and 90s. In the 80s and 90s. Who's your favorite wrestler? Andre the Giant. Really? Yeah. <laughs> he was the best and the biggest one ever. And the tallest. He was pretty big, right? Yeah. You liked watching him a lot? Yeah. It was sad that he died, though. But he was in some good movies. Well, he was in a good movie. Yeah, The Princess Bride. Did you like that one? Yeah, it was a good movie. I I totally forgot that that was Andre the Giant, though, in there. Yeah, that's a big thing. Because I didn't watch the documentary of him before that. Right, you watched Princess Bride, and then I think you didn't know who he was, and then you watched the Andre the Giant documentary. Yeah, and then, and then they showed a little bit of the Princess Bride, and it was like, oh, I saw that movie. Yeah, exactly, you know? That's what's so funny about um, the movie about Andre the Giant, you know? And it's kind of crazy that he even did that movie. I think it was a lot of fun. Did you like watching that movie? Yeah, it was amazing. Did you like the documentary? Yeah, documentary is good. I was literally crying in it because I didn't like when he died all alone. Really? In a hotel room. Is that how he died? I don't remember. He died with a heart attack in his hotel room all oh. alone. Oh, man. But let's talk about, anyway, the wrestling match that you saw. What did you like about it? What, what, which one? The one that you were there. You were actually oh. there on the road to WrestleMania with... With Ronda Rousey and uh, who was that guy? The uh, Roman Reigns. Yeah, Seth Rollins. Seth Rollins. Yeah. yeah. Did you like those guys? Yeah, they were pretty good. Yeah. So, what about your seats? What'd you think of that? Oh, that was good. Where were you? Uh, we were in this like, um, kind of like I don't know how to explain it. It Just, was a box of seating. Yeah, right? box seating with its own bathroom, a couple of, like some food, like had casseroles. And uh, chicken tenders. 
I didn't like the chicken contenders. They weren't that the, good. They weren't that good? Only the beef spring roll was actually really good. Yeah, you had the Korean beef And also, roll. they had the best thing of all there was the real cake pop. Like, they were like the realest thing ever. It's not like you get from a regular cake mix and turn them into cake pops. No, no, no. It was the best cake pop. I ever had. Those were really good cake pops. The vanilla one was the best out of all. Not the red velvet or the chocolate. I kind of like the red velvet. Not. All right. Well, let me ask you a question. Was was the wrestling match better than the food? Yeah. Well, yeah, I think. Maybe. <laughs> you think? <laughs> You're not sure? Yeah, because the cake pop really hit it off. That was, like, amazing. I had a lot more of those. I had to. All right, well, I guess for wrestling, you like 1992 Royal Rumble. That's way better than the the WrestleMania, the thing we saw. Oh, oh, okay, well, that was something different with all the old guys and, you know, whatever. But anyway, I'm glad you had a good time, and I guess we'll see you next time, right? Yeah. Thanks for stopping by. Uh, You're welcome. I mean, thank you. I don't know. (laughs) All right, have a good day. Have a good day. See you. Stay connected. Bye. Ever wanted to enter the world of comics but didn't know where to start? Worry not, true believers. We at the Comic Book School may just have the answer to your questions. Created by comics veteran Buddy Scalera, the Comic Book School is a free online educational resource that helps rising creators learn the craft and business of making comics through resources like forums, interviews, publication opportunities, publisher guidelines, and step-by-step blog posts. For more info, please visit our site at www.comicbookschool.com. Be sure to join our forums and follow us on social media while you're there. We'll see you on the message boards. Now, back to our show. And welcome back to Came from Radio, the show of the Big Apple Con. This is your host, Mark Torres, speaking with me via virtual distancing, of course. We have none other than Alpha God's creator and Malvern Comic Fest um, show organizer, Christian Montavo. Say hi, Christian. Hey, Mark. Thank you so much for having me. So it's been uh, many, many, many moons since you've been on the show. Yeah, <laughs> just just a tad, but... I did promise you that when I had something big, I would be back. And this is as big as it gets for us. All right. So let's get right to it. Well, actually, let's, um, let's, let's catch up to people who don't remember you. Shame on them, longtime listeners. <laughs> um, introduce yourself. Tell us a little bit about Alpha Gods. Tell us a little about Malvern Confess, and then we'll take it from there. Excellent. Thanks, Mark. Well, you and I go way back, and so is Alpha Gods. Alpha Gods is spelled with a G-O-D-Z at the end. And it's my brother and I, Tony. We've been doing this since we were kids. But officially, it'll be 20 years next year. So 2023. And uh, we just do artwork. We do comics. My brother does some custom toys. And we have hit the, the con gamut for years. We've done Philly, Chicago, Baltimore, San Diego, and... Now it just it's time to do our own thing. It, the, the stars just align for Malvern Comic Fest. So, yeah. All right. So we have on the show, we have talked to many of the people of the places you have just mentioned from the top top of New York Comic Con all the way down to the smallest little tiniest convention in a little hole in the wall. What is the desire to make a comic convention? And are you crazy? <laughs> So I'm going to answer the second question. I'm going to say yes. I think that I am crazy. However, I feel like I was just inspired. This is taking place 
on June 4th. So just a little plug right there, but it's uh, at my church and it's a beautiful space. And I looked around, I'm like, hey, we can do a comic convention in here. This is gorgeous. And I linked up with the local comic shop. It's Rocky's Comics. The owner is Dio Jackson. He's a former, well, not former, retired Funko employee. So he's just been doing this for a while. And the two of us had this great rapport and it just made sense. We, we just wanted to put something together for the community, for the village and for local artists. So yeah, a little crazy, but it's, it's going to be a blast. All right. Now you're going to, you're going to hate me for this, but is this convention a blessed event? <laughs> I, I hope so. And you know why? <laughs> Uh, I think because the way things are falling into place, it has to be. We are getting some great celebrities. We've been doing some announcements. I can't give them all away, but we've got Angel Salazar from Scarface uh, fame. He's supposed to be coming through. We've got a few actors from that famous movie, The Warriors. Uh, It's it's going to be really cool. And all this stuff is to your point, a blessing, because I could never have imagined it. So how do you manage to maintain that balance between going too far into the pop culture world and going too far into just the comic world when you're making a convention? Right now, I am letting it just happen organically. So we've got a lot of local comic shops that are joining us, and that would be Lost for Toys, a Big, big uh, partner that we have. Collector Cave, also in the Bronx. Amazing. They're going to be coming through. And some of my old friends, some some comic book artists like Wilson Ramos Jr., his partner, Eric Rivera, James Rodriguez. So a lot of people that I've worked with in the past who I consider family, like yourself, <laughs> and just some new artists, some local artisans that are just going to come through and just give a really nice balanced flavor. All right. Um, let's 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 hit the uh, important stuff. How much are tickets? What time is the show? What day is the show? All that fun stuff. Perfect. So June 4th, it's a Saturday. It's from 10 to 5. Tickets are $7 for adults. Kids 10 and under are free, but of course with a four uh, child cap per adult. So I don't, I don't want <laughs> no, no, no bus loads of school children. <laughs> no, no. So no 20 kids to one adult. We're trying to <laughs> manage uh, expectations <laughs> here but it it's going to be a good time we're going to have uh the 501st so let me get their full name they're great star wars cosplayers they're the 501st empire city garrison legion they're amazing so they're going to be there performing cosplay and doing a few like parades we're going to have some retro gaming through metrocade there's some really good people Tabletop gaming is going to be hosted by Cosmic Comics. We're going to have face painting. So a lot of good stuff. We've got vendors from that are going to be doing food, ice cream. It, it's going to be a really good event. How are you going to fit all this inside a church? Is this church massive? Yeah, actually it is. So that was what I was explaining to the pastor. So Pastor Humberto Ramos, who or excuse me, Humberto Chavez, Ramos, <laughs> top of mind, but Humberto Chavez, great guy. And when I presented the, the PowerPoint with all my ideas, at first he was a little taken aback. And I was like, yeah, I want 
that space, which is going to be the main ballroom. I want the other ballroom across the hall. I want the, the middle of this. We're going to make this a massive event. So it's not like your little local gymnasium. This is going to feel like really nice when you come through the doors. Oh, all right. Um, did this come because of the, of the pandemic or is this something you had in mind before that? Well, I'm going to go back to that earlier question of me being crazy. <laughs> there, there is a serious part of me that keeps on asking me, why am I doing this? And all I can tell you is that the stars aligned. Uh, things are just progressing in a way I couldn't have fathomed. It was, let's say, an earworm of, of an idea, and I just ran with it. And the logo, the, the mascot, just everything has just been coming together like seamlessly. Wow. That actually sounds really cool. Um, when you decided to make this convention, are you going to have your own table there as well? You know what? Absolutely. Uh, a dear friend reached out the other night and he hopefully will be coming through. I don't want to spoil it. And I kind of alluded, this is my comeback. I've been a little quiet as we kind of mentioned at the beginning, uh, due to some family circumstances, my art career has taken a little bit of a backseat. So this is my comeback party, if you would. So this is going to be a yearly event, a bi-weekly event, a monthly event. What are we looking at? <laughs> I told you I'm crazy. Not that crazy. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm hoping that this is a raving success, that we have the entire village not just, well, not just Malvern, but we're very Queens adjacent, Brooklyn adjacent, and that it's, it's turn, the turnout is massive and that we have no choice but to do this annually. Is there free parking? That's important. So there is limited free parking that we are working with the local police department to make sure on the block itself of the church. Of course, for vendors, we're going to work out what we can. In the neighborhood, there is free parking. You just got to be strategic. But there is also municipal parking right by the Long Island River, which is conveniently right there. Ah, public transportation. My next question. You got to make sure you're in a centralized location. Oh, yeah. No, this thank this location, I couldn't have asked for better. It is in the heart of the village. So it's right there on the main road. And Long Island Railroad literally will leave you like a block away. What is the dream uh, guest to have at a convention for you personally? <laughs> uh, we, I had a, a dear friend who reached out to a few top-notch artists. We're waiting to see back, but I don't want to name drop any because you never know. They, they might actually show up. Okay. Right now, things are, things are showing up or things are working out, like I said. In, in a just amazing fashion. Will there be panels and a, will there be a cosplay contest? There will not be panels. I think that if we do that, it will be next year. I hope that I can get a certain Mark Torres to maybe host <laughs> one. <laughs> um, no cosplay costume as of yet. I'm not going to say no, but I think there will be a lot of professional cosplayers there. And we are inviting those or encouraging anybody who wants to cosplay to do so. 
throughout the years, there has been a shift, speaking of cosplayers, um, from where it was to where it now is. Do you find that there is a happy medium now or is it still not shifted in that way? You know what? I I can't say that I feel one way or the other. I I'm a big fan of anybody who wants to express themselves that way. So just like I said, go for it. And in, in this case, come on through. All right. Um, website. Where can people find more about the convention? Excellent. MalvernComicFest.com. All one word. And if they want to reach out to you personally, is it through that website or do you have social media as well? So there is uh, an email address at the bottom, but yes, we've got social media handles for Rocky's comics and of course at Alpha Gods, either Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook. All right. So we're almost out of time. So a final thought. Do you have any final thoughts for our listeners? Uh, Please come on through. We we would love to have you. We want you to just come on and have a great experience. And I want to thank you, Mark, for your time. Oh, well, thank you very much. Well, my final thought is this. Like uh, like we mentioned, I've known you for a whole bunch of years. <laughs> and it's great that you're still there and you're making this comeback. And I look forward to the convention. Um, this will be my second convention in a church. So that's so I was hoping to be the first, but it's not. Um, there's there's many conventions in different places, but uh, uh, this sounds like it's going to be a giant big church. In my mind, I'm thinking like St. Patrick's Cathedral. No, it's not going to be that big. But in my head, that's what you sold me on. So that's what I'm going with. Not that big, but, uh, <laughs> you know, we'll, we'll see. A little bigger than your average church, though. All right. Fair enough. So with that, we're going to take out break and we'll be right back with Came from the Radio. Hey, guys, this is Christy from Custom Cakes by Christy. I want you to know that I'm here for you. I'm keeping my private kitchen open for any needs your family may have. I've been focusing on bread, soups, muffins, quiches, and other basics, but I'm still accepting dessert orders as well. Please follow my Facebook for immediate pickup items. Private message me for custom orders. Custom Cakes by Christy, I-N-C, K-R-I-S-T-Y. Text me at 631-606-8166. This is Quentin Flynn, a popular voice actor known for Axel, Tamon, uh, and Raiden from the Metal Gear series. And you're listening to It Came From The Radio. Stick around. If you had any honor, you would listen to Sci-Fi.Radio, the sci-fi for your Wi-Fi. Kapla! Now, back to our show. So that about does it for this week on the Came From the Radio. Join us right here any week on this radio station. If you miss any part of this show, tough, go to our newly revised website, www.itcamefromradio.com. The archives will be up in a week or so. Check us out on such places as btd.radio, sci-fi.radio, indievolt.com. Check us out on our places such as Facebook, Instagram, YouTube page, Twitter. And always follow the cost-benefit ratio. If the benefits outweigh the costs, do it. If the costs outweigh the benefits, don't do it. Or just Google, it came from the radio. And we'll see you next week. You've been listening to It Came From The Radio with Mark Torres. The views of the show's hosts and guests did not necessarily reflect that of the management, owners, or staff of the station. We now return you to your earthly scheduled broadcast.